You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as hosts Phil Ramsey and Blake Shankel dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankle, and along with me, as always, is Mr. Philip Ramsey. Hey, Phil. How you doing, Blake? I'm good. How about you? Doing awesome. That's good, man. Back in the Book of Romans again. Yep. It's been a wonderful journey. Uh, we can see the finish line in four or five years. We were in chapter 12. We'll hit 13 in yeah. a few weeks. But uh, 13 is going to be interesting. It especially is. Especially in the end times, dealing with the government and submission and what all that looks like and how far do we do what we do without, you know. So yeah, that's going to be an awesome segment of it's, verses. It's going to be awesome. It's probably going to be hard hitting upside my knucklehead, too. But <laughs> I, it's it's going to be difficult just thinking as I'm reading through it and as, I mean, it is it is playing out before our eyes today, some of this, how we apply this. So yeah. it's going to be interesting as we dive into that. Well, biblically, government does have a role. Sure. They have a role, and the Bible lays out what that role is, mm-hmm. and it's ordained by God. And so anyway, we don't yeah. want to get too far into no, that. I'm but, excited about it, actually. Yeah, I am too, and looking forward to it. But, you know, as I was thinking about this, we you know we spend so much time in Romans, but that's this is such a huge book, so monumental. But and, and and we take our time. We've been really just doing one verse over the past few weeks, but they're so you know, I've talked about this. These are so important verses here, as everything is. And, you know, I think we could go back to Romans one and we could we could uncover so many more jewels that we missed. You know, so it, it's fine that we're going slow and trying to pick these things off. You know, we really don't want to miss anything, but you know, we could study this for years and still, you know, miss out on a, a couple of things that just, just didn't come to our mind the first time or right. something. So I, I'm just so uh I'm thankful for these verses. I'm so thankful for our study in this. It's really uh, having an effect upon my life, if anything. I don't know about the listener's life, but uh, I know I'm being sanctified through it. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm thankful for this. But Romans chapter 12 today, we are – I think you wanted to read well, a verse I, Yeah, I was reading a verse today, and uh, and I want you to give catch, kind of catch us up a little bit in just a second. Yeah. But at our church, you know, we have a time of confession, mm-hmm. you know, on in our small groups and on Wednesday night, we, we ask each other, what can we, what can we pray for you for? You know, what needs do you have? And, and I, I feel kind of bad. Yeah. You know why I feel bad? You ain't been praying for me. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, oh, I can write a book on my sin, actually. Hmm. But sometimes I feel bad about, hey, will you pray for me for this? And and the reason I feel bad is is when I read this verse right here, it said, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire and and one of the reasons i kind of feel bad is is this word all things so God has given the believer all things, all things that we need to obey what he's telling us to do. So if we ask for patience or the fruit of the Spirit, you have all that that, that fruit. 
we have that. Hmm. Now we have to choose. We, we're we a part of that choosing. We can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit being in our lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of feel bad sometimes asking people uh, to pray for me for a certain thing, whether it be uh, patience. Let's just take an example. If you were to say, hey, Blake, pray that I have patience this week. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or, you're saying, or, or I, even the things that we're going through going through now, you know, uh, don't be lazy. Look, Blake, I'm just going to pray that, that this week I won't be lazy and, yeah. and serve the Lord. Guess what? That's a choice, right? You've already been granted that ability. Yeah. To, so I'm t- I'm asking you to pray for me something that God's given me the ability to. I just need to crucify my flesh, yeah. And I need to choose His will and His way over mine. So we've been given what we need in order to obey what He's called us to. But can't do it. Praise perfectly. God. Yeah. Praise God that we have that. Yeah. Apart from that, it's impossible. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit regenerates us, mm-hmm. makes us alive in Christ, and He now is in us and empowers us to fulfill and obey what He's telling us to do today. Right. right. Well, so that is that's a good point, and that gets us kind of uh, our kick started today. But I wanted to, as as you said that, I want to kind of get us into the context of this. Just kind of recap verse uh, chapter twelve here, and just kind of reminding us where we're at in the context of this passage today. And in verses one and two, we we saw that Paul he sets forth a grand declaration of some first principles for Christians living, and we we looked at that, and that's we should present ourselves as a living sacrifice, and we aren't to be conformed to the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and we're to, uh, again, live upon the altar of yeah. life. That's how we do. We're living as a living sacrifice. And then verses 3 through 8, he Paul's talking about how the Christians should relate to other believers in the context of addressing the Spirit's gift to the church. How are we, uh, how are we to interact between one another? Paul talks about serving one another out of humility and serving one another out of unity and diversity. Uh, he talks about serving one another because the spiritual gifts that God gives the church are for the purpose of mutual benefit and mutual encouragement. And then, and, and that, at that point, Paul moves from the discussion of the employment of these spiritual gifts to talking about the virtues that he is interested in seeing in the Christian life and what you were talking about here. These are the these virtues, these all, all things that God has given us in life and godliness that uh, these are the things that need to be in our Christian life. These are the things that need to be evident in our Christian life and it evidences of the graces of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the first one that he chooses here is is this love. Let's let's talk about love, he says. He he transitions from talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit to talking about the priority of love within the Christian life. And in, in verses 9 and 10, he basically spells out what love means. He he describes Christian love as sincere, as godly, as affectionate, and is self-denying. And so basically says to us that our love must be real love. It must be discerning love. It must be fervent love. And it must be selfless love. You and I, we've been hit upside the head these past few weeks because of that, because mm-hmm. we've checked our lives and said, well, I've, I've not been practicing some of these things, you know, or, or it, the way he is he has called us to do that. And God's truth is so deep. That's why it just it just he just unravels this. Paul is such like a uh, such a great teacher. He just it just boom, one after another, one after another under this heading of love. And so um, so here we see these character qualities of a Christian, if you will. Uh, how, do, how, how a Christian is supposed to relate to other Christians. How a, we're going to get next, here in a couple of weeks, how a Christian is supposed to relate to those who persecute mm-hmm. us. 
Um, and he's not, this is not an exhaustive text, if you will. He doesn't tell us everything that needs to be said here, but he does highlight several important things. He's, he, he's not going to be, uh, to be finished, for instance, just in these verses alone, he's addressing how Christians should relate to non-Christians. In verse 14, he says, bless those who persecute you. And, and he's going to actually come back to that subject a little later in chapter, uh, 13, well, actually in, in this chapter, but but uh, again, that's why I want to say it's not exhaustive. But Paul is just, he's, he's hitting these high points and he's telling us this is how we're to act as we worship God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It, and again, we're flowing from worship. The things that we're talking about today is actually goes under the category of, of worshiping God and serving God. So when we do these things, this is this is what it looks like to be a Christian, right? You know, it's not limited to a, a one day a week deal. This is this is this is how we live a life, how we interact with other believers. You know, and and as we go on, we'll see how we interact with those who aren't believers, and that's going to test you also. Sure will, absolutely. So Paul, he he, let's look here in the in our text and let's see what he how he speaks to the character qualities of a Christian here. And I'm going to start in verse nine and work through here. But he says, "Let love be without apocalypse." Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind. Here's our verse for the day. Verse 11. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. So going back to this verse, uh, in verse 11, Paul says, he says, not lagging behind in diligence. What does it mean, Phil? By not lagging behind in diligence. Well, you have we, we're dealing with I think three three commands there maybe in that one little bitty verse. Do, mine, mine says do not be slothful in zeal. Ultimately, it boils down to uh, being lazy. Uh, slothful means being lazy. Means to shrink from or hesitating to engage in something worthwhile, possibly implying lack of ambition. So it's ultimately shrinking back, being lazy. And as you look at these words, they all go together, actually, and they work real well together. But we aren't to be lazy. Here's just a few verses. Proverbs dresses uh, a sluggard, and it's pretty brutal. It says twenty one twenty five, the desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to do labor. 20 verse 4 says, the slugger does not plow in the autumn. He will seek a harvest and have nothing. 26 14, as the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. Fast forward a little bit to the New Testament, Matthew 25 26. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow, and I gather where I scattered uh, no seed. So basically, do not be lazy, don't be a sluggard, don't don't stay back, okay? We're, we're to move forward. We're going to address that in a minute. But we don't need to stay back. We don't need to be lazy. What are some areas uh, that we're lazy in that we pull back from? Yeah. There's one big one that just mm-hmm. jumps off the page. You're probably thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> yeah, evangelism That's would be it. one. We, we shrink back. We pass by people every day, all day long, shrinking back mm-hmm. from being obedient and showing them a love by sharing the gospel. 
we, you know, like we just assume somebody else might do it. And so we shrink back from that responsibility. Is there any other areas that you could think of, of, of shrinking back or being lazy? Yeah, I, well, I think is is a lot of times we we don't even we don't even obey the commands that God has given us to begin with. I, I think of shrinking back would be as a, a new believer who doesn't want to be baptized. I think shrinking back would also be one who who says I can be a believer but yet not come to church. Uh, how about one who doesn't study his Bible uh, daily, you know, or at least at least dive into the Word weekly. Right? How are we yeah. not diligent in, in, in studying His Word? This this Word that the Master has given us. Uh, did you want to say something on that? Well, you probably going to say, "Hey, what about praying? Yeah, are we lazy in praying? Yeah, prayer. Prayer is 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 the key to all of this, mm-hmm. and we find ourselves lazy and not yeah. praying. Yeah. I, I was just purposely today driving and focusing and mm-hmm. praying because I did not want to be a sluggard <laughs> in yeah. that area. And we we look and we see that the disciples actually were lazy. Also, you yeah. think about Christ and in the garden, He says, "Stay awake and pray." What do they do? They went to sleep. They were lazy. They were sleepy. They wasn't. Uh, anyway, they. Bible talks a lot about that. This is one thing that we don't do is be lazy. Yeah, this this word diligence. You said I think yours says zeal, right? Does yeah. yours have that? Mine zeal. Yeah. In the Greek is a noun. It means to do something hurriedly with intense effort and motivation, with haste and a hurry. Or your like I said zeal, but and that's what he says. Not lagging behind that, right? Don't lag in in in. In, in your motivation and in your effort, Christian, right? We need to – the word diligence denotes the more earnestness with which one should give himself to his vocation. What's been our vocation that we've been given as Christians is, is uh, we, we can talk it from a broad stroke, would be we're to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're to uh, – as men – we're to shepherd our family. As, as husbands, we're to shepherd our wives, right? We're to, we're to uh, raise up our kids. But even getting down into the nitty-gritty, our vocation is, is what about deacons? Deacons are, are, are the deacons sluggard in, in their doing with serving the church, right? What about the pastor? Is he being sluggard in studying his Bible, in studying for the Word of God, in bringing the message? His main thing he needs to do on Sunday morning is bring the message. Is he being sluggard, pastor? Or, or maybe, you just said that maybe, maybe he's done... Maybe he's going back to the shelf and pulling old sermons out because he didn't feel like studying that week. Now, I'm saying that's not bad to preach preach that right but if it's because you're lazy and you didn't want to prepare for that then Absolutely. that would be wrong that'd be lazy i would i would say and that's what paul said this just to this vocation don't be lazy in our the lord's people are not lazy that paul's saying look you need we're not lazy people we're to be people of well, he's going to give us the the positive here in a second and i think basically what this verse saying is we're not to be lazy in obedience to god we we are we have been saved like you said earlier we've been regenerated we have a new heart that's filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit, and and in and now that we we follow Jesus, we must obey Him, and we are to delight in it. In, in John fourteen fifteen, He says, "If you love Me, you will keep My commandments." And, and I read that, I say that because I think that's that's part of this being diligent is 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 obeying what He has said. Don't don't fall flat on your face. We've been in we've been in Philippians, and and Paul is talking about I, I strive to run the race so that I may attain the prize when I get the upward call to Christ and he is running the race of life. Mm-hmm. He you will not find Paul when he is 
when he is a, on his deathbed, you will not find him floundering upon the track. He's not going to be sitting in Indian style. He's not going to be laying flat. He's not going to be walking. He is going to be running the race. And I think that's what we're called to do is to run. We're called to not slow up, to not turn back, to not flop on the track, but we're to run. Yeah. We're to persevere. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. Yeah, First John 2, 6 says, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same mm. manner as he walked. So we don't need to shrink back. We need to be moving forward. Here's a here's a few verses where that word is used to give you a little idea. Mark six twenty five. Immediately she came in a hurry to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist. Right? You remember that? Yep. Luke one thirty nine. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city called Judea. Romans, uh, let's say Second Corinthians eight sixteen. But thanks be the God who puts His same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. Let me read one more. Maybe Hebrews six eleven. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Let me keep going. Just a couple more. Second Peter one five. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. So what you're saying is we don't have just one verse telling us. Oh, we have, it's over and over and, and over. And it's not just Paul who's saying it either. You have you have Peter who is saying it, and Titus who is saying it. You have all these these g- biblical authors who are telling us don't be lazy. In your walk with Christ, yeah, right. Paul, I, Paul here, Phil, is exhorting us as believers in love, right, not to lag in diligence. Don't lag. Don't be lazy. Don't be caught sleeping. He, he's telling us not to be slack in our zeal, right. He's warning us against spiritual laziness, if you will. If there's a heading over this, if I had to put it, is don't be spiritually lazy. When he tells us that he doesn't want us to lag behind in diligence, he combines the ideas of there's an urgency and this diligence, and this is a it's really it's really just hammering home uh, uh, the spiritual laziness that does not need to take hold of our lives. It's, it doesn't matter how old we are in our walk with Christ. We need to be urgent. We need to be diligent. And, and, and that goes with sharing the gospel, that goes with our daily Bible reading, that goes with our, our prayer, that goes with uh, us serving our church. And we're going to get into the kind of this here, uh, uh, serving, the, serving the Lord as well. But he, 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 this is really the negative portion of the, he starts with the negative, not lagging behind diligence. That's kind of the negative, but then he exhorts us with a positive as well. He says, fervent in spirit. And it's really the same thing, but yet put in the positive. Couldn't yeah. you say that? Yeah. yeah Paul says, he says, uh, he says, don't be this way, but be this way. Don't lag, yet be fervent. Right, this word fervent in the Greek means to be hot or bubble or uh, to be on fire, if you will, to boil. It was used to describe water boiling or of metal glowing with heat. So you think about that. Paul is telling us that we need to be glowing with heat in our zeal for the Lord, in serving the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let me put you on the spot a little bit Get get out of the – you ready? Yeah. (laughs) I think. <laughs> Let me take a sip of water. Hang on. So, uh, Galatians 6 9, it's not a big deal. It says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. So, let's just think about what is it, what are some ways 
that would cause a believer, a person, to be weary. And you and why I say that, you said something that, that just triggered 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 it. If somebody gets older, one of the things they might would say is I've done my time. Now it's time for somebody yep. else to do. You were talking about that. Somebody yep. maybe older in the church. This, the older you get, you have more time to serve the Lord. So sometimes we grow weary because we just we we think we've done our part. What is there any other areas that you can think of that would that would make us feel weary? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I would say that numerous. I would say persecution would be one. Where that would cause us to be weary, right? Those who 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 have been persecuted from the time they've become a Christian to it's never let up. You could easily slip into that growing weary, right? Or or trials and tribulations come your way constantly, right? You can say, "I just grow weary in my walk." Um, a sin in your life. I think sin that that approaches your life. If you're if you're say that you're a Christian, but yet there's sin within your life, that'll cause you to grow weary in your walk with the Lord. That'll cause you to become cause you become really lazy in your obedience to him because this sin may uh, uh, sin sin is deceptive yeah and so I, I think hopefully that answers your question I don't know you know there's probably numerous other ways yeah. that we can become weary but yeah elderly and, and I, that goes back to that Philippians passage that Paul was talking about Philippians 3 where Paul is saying look run the race run for the prize that's what we're to do Paul's an old man Paul has Paul's done it all hmm. he had every light to say I'm retiring yeah but he, he says, I'm, I continue to run. I read this quote today. It says, serve for God's pleasure, not for man's praise mm. or the applause of men. Yeah. And you got you think about that. If you if you do it for the praise of men and you don't get it, then mm. what's going to happen? You're yep. going to get dis- discouraged. That's another way. To, yep. You go, and if you do that, you're going to think, what's wrong with me? I must be I must not be doing something right. That's why Paul. He, I think, in, in, and I say in Philippians because we're going through this in our in our in our um, sermon series on on Sunday, but or really not series, but he's he's pre- our pastor's preaching through the book of Philippians. And Paul, what's what does he keep his eye on though? What, what if we grow weary in the things of this world? It's because our eyes on the wrong prize. Mm-hmm. Our eyes on this thing that that's going to pass away, that's going to burn up. Our eye needs to be upon the hope of heaven. Our eye needs to be upon the diamond of heaven, right? The one who was crucified for us, the one who sits at the right hand of the Father. Our eye needs to be upon Jesus, and our and our heavenly calling is where it needs to be upon, right? That that is our focus. Hebrew talks about that, right? Is our focus is upon Christ? Our focus is upon heaven. And those things that 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 place where we're going to be for all of eternity—that is what motivates us. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Uh, Paul tells Paul says to Timothy, this going into this fervency, he says, "Fan into the flame the gift of God." All right, we we have souls. Think about this, Phil. Prior to our conversion, our regeneration, we had souls that were cold. Guess what? Stony. They were dead, dead in sins and trespasses. We wanted nothing to do with God. But when we heard the gospel and we believed it, we've been brought from death to life and filled with the Holy Spirit. So here he's saying we must be on fire for God. You have God living within you. We need to be on fire for him, right? And in and, and this fire, it can be taken out. You know, we, we use yeah. fire flippantly. Yeah. I don't mean that. I mean, it's burning passion for yeah. the Lord yeah. and serving him, right? We have... 
we have examples of this. Apollos was an example. Acts 18.25. This man had been instructed, speaking of Apollos, instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent, there's our word there, in spirit he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus being acquainted only with the baptism of John. What was, what was Paul's doing? What was he being fervent in? Evangelism. Mm-hmm. He was being fervent in serving God. Right, he was aglow with the Spirit. He he yearned to make Jesus known to the Jews and Gentiles. I, that I, and Paul, I, I can't help but Paul's. Got, you know, Paul's got that same feeling here. Is we need to be yearning to share the gospel with people. Right. Yeah. When I was studying that word, it, you know, boiling over, uh, hot. You know, we need to be hot. We need to be on fire for the Lord. Yeah. We don't need to burn anybody. No, you, you can't go that far. You sure can. You know, we yep. say that a lot, but that's we need to have this zeal. We need we don't need to shrink back. We need to be excited and fired up about the things of the Lord. So the next the next thing is is serving the Lord. Okay, Christ is our example, our yep. ultimate example of mm-hmm. what it means to be a servant. Mark ten forty five says, "For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and gave his life a ransom uh, for many." First uh, Corinthians uh, eleven one says, "Be imitators of me, just as also I am of Christ." Paul's following Christ because Christ is living out this life. He, if we want an example of how to live this life, Christ is who you. He was fully man, right? And he did everything that we're supposed to do. Yep. Now we're going to fall short of doing what he did, but he is the per- perfect model yep. of what it means to love without hypocrisy, to not be lazy. He did all of these things perfectly. Absolutely. And uh uh first uh, Peter two twenty one, for you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. So all of that is a part of a following Christ. Not only was he our perfect exemplar, not only is he the perfect servant, but he is Lord. This word kurios, Paul uses, what does he say? He says, serving the Lord. Kurios, guess what? Master. He is master over us. Mm. We are to serve him. Those who are dead in sin but alive to Christ Jesus are to be obedient from the heart. From our inner spiritual attitude flows an external obedience. Uh, That's why Paul, I think he puts here this Lord. He puts Lord here for our Lord means absolute ownership power. Paul's already said, I'm a bondservant to him. That's who we are as well. If we're in Christ, we are to serve him now, not the world. This is who we are to serve. And how do, this is big, y'all. This is the takeaway. How do we serve God? How do we worship God? Look, how do we serve God? We do that. By doing this to them. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. How do we serve God? We serve other people. We, in, in context of what we're talking about, this is to other members of the body of Christ. You think about it, I'm not going to read it because we don't have time, but I might read one verse. But if you go to, uh, it's uh, Matthew chapter 25. He, Jesus, I'm going to paraphrase this. I was hungry mm-hmm. and you fed me. And I was this and you did this. And they're like, we didn't do that. He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Yeah. So when we do things to our brothers and sisters, you know, think about Paul. Yeah. You know, Paul's blinded. And then what did yeah. he say? No, he said, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. And it, he was, who was Paul Saul persecuting was the church. Right. Jesus is that tied into his body, yeah. uh, his body. So when you, when you come after his people, you come after That's him. It. Yeah. 
So if we're going, if we're going to serve the Lord yeah. and worship the Lord, right? How we treat people is is right. is the way that we do it. That's it. That's it. And we're we're to we're to. Uh, love them, and it, and it flows out of this heart of love. But so he, look here to, in, to wrap up. We are not to be slothful in serving the Lord, but we are to be serving the Lord diligently and fervently. And next week we're going to talk about how how that looks. Is we're, we're rejoicing in hope, we're persevering in tribulation, and we're devoted in prayer. So it's going to walk out just mm-hmm. a little bit more. So come back to us next week for another episode of Life Song Radio as we continue our study in Romans. You can always look us up on lifesongradio.com or go to our Facebook page mm-hmm. and look us up at Life Song Radio. We hope to see you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio. You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Lifesong Radio.